0: Give me someone who loves like me Up there on the TV or movie Anything would do Cause I've learned surviving isn't living And we deserve way more than a brief romance On an episode or two
1: That we deserve Something unconventional Hello,
0: hello, Clexaconners! It is your hostess, Dana Pickley, and we are less than two weeks away from Clexicon 2019. This year has gone by so fast. It felt like just yesterday we were in Clexicon 2018 having a grand old time, and now we're gearing up to have an even better time in Las Vegas in, like I said, less than two weeks. So... Everybody, you got your tickets, you've got your Ascension tickets, you've got your ships and giggles, you've got all your autographs and your photo ops, everything is taken care of right? Right. Great. I knew you'd be prepared. A couple of things, just as a person who has done the lexicon thing, stay hydrated, make sure you drink plenty of water, Um, don't forget to eat try to eat. Eating is good. Eating, nobody wants to, you know, go to meet Natasha Negovanlis and, you know, accidentally pass out at her table because they haven't eaten. That is not ideal. So, take care of yourself. Have an amazing time, but take care of yourself. I just wanted to take a second to say thank you again to our theme song composer Stephanie Berlanga, Stephanie Berlanga's music is so, so great, and I really want you to check her out. She's on social media, she has a website, she plays live lots of places. Go check her out, Stephanie Berlanga. On the past few uh, podcasts, we've talked about all sorts of things. One really, really important thing that we haven't talked about yet are the incredible vendors, artists, artisans that are going to be at Clexicon 2019 selling their goods in Artist Alley. And I was lucky enough to have a chance to chat with two of them. I am very pleased to have a friend and a Klexicon vendor join the unconventional vendor chit-chat. The one and only proprietress of Butch and Sissy, Connie Collingsworth. Thank you so much for joining me. And you got that name right. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I try. When you have a name like Pickley, you you, you you tend to be more sensitive about how to pronounce people's names. So I'm always like, and how do you spell your name? And they're like, um, Sue? It's like S-U-E. <laughs> like, okay, I just want to make sure. Uh, <laughs> so, Connie, um, first of all, before we get into lexicon stuff, tell me how Butch and Sissy came to fruition.
2: Well, a little bit about my background is what led to it. Uh, for 20, in 2016 is when I started Butch and Sissy. But for the 20 or 18 years previous to that, I had a company uh, with a business partner, a design studio, where we created merchandise for rock bands, musicians, people who made movies or films, stuff like that, and wanted posters or t shirts. Like if you went to a concert, chances are you might have at some point bought a t-shirt that I designed and sold to the, to the people to sell at their shows. And I did that for 20 years and did it with a business partner and kind of got to the point where I really felt like I was, had done that and I wanted to do something that was more of a passion project, which was closer to my heart. And then the election of 2016 hit and really led me into being like, Hey, the times are, you know, for queer people are like really important right now. And I had, Gone, uh, we, we got married, and uh, my wife and I got married in um, October, or excuse me, September of 2016. And I got online to look for some enamel pins as a giveaway to like friends and stuff. And um, I couldn't find anything that I stylistically liked mm-hmm. there were a lot of just rainbow flags and a lot of stuff for cats with lesbians <laughs> <like that>. naturally <laughs> naturally yeah and I was like I wanted something coming from a design background I wanted something a little more personal a little more stylish right And uh, you couldn't
0: and you couldn't lose your your design cred by going with a yeah. cruddy pin
2: <laughs> no exactly so I said there seems to be a gap here in this market and I think I, that's what I want to do. I want to take something that I care about and combine it with my skills. And so I just started making a few pins. The first pen I made was um, Lavender Menace, um, because that was a topic that interested me. The historic story of it tied into the lesbian community and uh, women's rights. And I just put something together for that, started myself an Etsy store. And then that's kind of how it started. Were you
0: always a fangirl or did that kind of come hand in hand with Butch and Sissy?
2: Well, I'll tell you that my, I mean, I've always been a fangirl of all kinds of things because I'm a pop culture fanatic. And we did a lot of that with our old company, which was called Print Mafia. And we, we did a lot of pop culture based things around our obsessions, movies, TV shows that we liked. So I kind of carried that over. But what really kicked my fangirling in was Carmilla.
0: How did I know that? I just had a (laughs) feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
2: I have a number
0: of your Carmilla pens, actually.
2: Yeah, that's the one where I was like, man, if this had been something when I was a teenager or in my early 20s, if there had been anything like this, because I don't know if people who are aware of me or not know that I'm one of the older lesbians amongst everyone. (laughs) What Uh, does that even mean? (laughs) Well... Um, I will be, I will be celebrating my 50th birthday this year. Get out of town. No, I will be born in 1969, graduated high school in 1987. Yeah. Been married for 28 years going on. I mean, you know, together for 28 years and married for a few, but. You may as well say we were married that whole time. So things like Carmilla weren't around. None of the representation, none of the TV shows, you know, we were starved for that when I was was younger. You know, when personal best came on television, <laughs> on, the, on the movie panel, it was like, you know, go to my bedroom and hide and watch that and hope no one saw me, you know, stuff like that. So um, Carmilla really kicked it in and I was like, well, if I'm, I really like this show and it really, you know, it was kind of part of my whole... Getting into making, you know, LGBTQ plus products coincided with really getting into Carmilla. So that's the first thing that I made were, you know, uh, fangirling stuff. And I've, I've branched out a little bit. I don't make stuff for everything. I usually concentrate on the stuff that i really am drawn
0: to well if it's your passion then it's you know that makes complete sense now i mean i don't want to brag but i have my own pens with butch and sissy uh, (laughs) uh, fairy game mother pins, which i'm which i adore and i have to tell you whenever i see somebody they always ask me like oh do you have any of those uh you know fairy (laughs) game mother pins?" so that's um you know i i feel
2: honored well, I, you know, getting into the other thing was I was never on Twitter before either. I was an Instagram person. Um, well, your me- your visual, your media is very visual, right? So that's kind of where I stayed at, and Twitter just seemed like overwhelming to me until I really got <laughs> into it. Now I'm equal time on Twitter, but that's where I kind of came into knowing about you, and then we met for briefly at uh, last year's Quexcon for a few minutes, and immediately I was like, I need to make merch for her. And so... <laughs> was thinking about it I was like because I said fairy gay mother she's already got the name she needs some you know some visual merch and you and I I think you messaged me but I probably was in thinking about what I was going to type to you when you messaged and I was like, <laughs> I was just thinking about this I'm so glad you came to
0: me first it was kismet <laughs> well so speaking speaking of last year's Clexicon was your first Clexicon right yes all right so mm-hmm. what has the experience of being a vendor
2: at Clexicon been like for you well, we did not know what to expect. I had vended at regular conventions and music related events like South by Southwest and Pitchfork and those kind of things for years and years and years. But that's a different kind of crowd, a different you know environment. It's definitely not as welcoming, not as comforting my wife and I are always telling everyone that when we went to ClassyCon, we kind of got back to our youthful roots. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Um, You know, we were like, we're amongst our people. We, you know, we were just living our regular everyday married old couple with a kid lives for all these years and kind of lost a little bit of ourselves, Mm -hmm. I think. And um, immediately when we went in, and start walking down that long walkway in the Tropicana, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, those are my people!" They're right, my right. People. I see them. <laughs> and as soon as we walked through there, I, I turned to her, I stopped her, I said, "I'm going to do as many of these things as I can do." And she was like, "If it's what you want to do, let's do it." So we both decided to just go whole in on it. And then you know, we set up our booth and we start talking to people. And then once the convention opened, we just got rushed by people the first morning. Well, your, your you were, booth was like one of the first booths, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it, right when you walked in the doors, we were right there, which was really cool. Uh, we were across from uh, the Tello booth, and um, so a lot of people were, were around there, and, and people were just really good to us, and came back, and we got a lot of good comments. People would say, you know, I, I, I walked around, and looked through stuff, and I just felt like I had to come back and, and get, get something. And people were really drawn to what I hoped that they would be, and what I thought would be make me stand out and make my work stand out was the design, the type, you know, paying attention to colors and details and things like that. Um, so it was a great experience. We loved it so much that we immediately, within the first day, I knew what I'd done wrong though. I knew what (laughs) I wanted to do right. So I'm always planning. I'm always thinking, I'm always scheming about how it can be better. Well, that's what makes you a good businesswoman. (laughs) So we immediately were like, next year we're getting a double booth. Next year we're bringing t-shirts. Next year, we're doing hats, you know, because we just, you never know when you do the first of something. And we, we took our pins, mm-hmm. took our patches, took our stickers, and that was it. But um, boy, oh boy, people better be ready for this year when they come to <laughs> Well, so give me a little
0: sneaky peeky of what's, um, what are some of the things that you did specially for this year?
2: Well, I, my whole adult designing life, I've always wanted to do like a, like a branded custom beanie hat. You know, I'm really like, Attracted to when people have, like, the little labels on things and and doing your personal branding. But I've done one with a rainbow flag but also has my logo on it and a couple colors of the beanies. And I've also taken some of my more successful pin designs and, you know, transferred them over to T-shirts. Because we didn't have T-shirts last year, and I'm a T-shirt junkie. Me too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm all about the feel and the colors and that thing. So I've done some special ones. I'm going to have some Carmilla shirts. I'm going to have some uh, Winona Earp shirts. Also, just some uh, feminist-themed items, San Junipero shirt, which everyone likes my patch. Yes, I have the patch. (laughs) Well, this year, there's a San Junipero shirt, pin, patch, hat, and mug. Wow. So, yeah.
0: Well, Connie, what would you say to somebody who is in a business like yours or, you know, maybe an artist um, that says, you know, does fan art, what would you say to somebody who's considering vending at Clexicon next year?
2: I would say, number one, to just do it. If you're making products for the fandom or LGBTQ products, this is your environment to go to. It is going to be a great test for how you can, if you can be successful with it or not, because these are your people, just like I said, and everyone is very supportive. So I would just say, be focused about what you're doing. I would also say, don't bankrupt yourself, do what you can, you know, you don't want to get in so heavily that you set yourself up to fail. So it's okay Uh, to start small if you need to. Yes. And that's what I did. Like I said, we weren't sure how it was going to be. I had an idea. I did my research about the size of Clexicon. I looked at some, you know, tried to get my idea of some of the booths that I could see in some of the videos and things, but don't, don't set yourself up to fail. Don't put all of your money and don't pay your rent in, you know, and then get there and, and, you know, stress yourself out. You will. Just do at your level what you can do, bring it, and I think you'll be successful.
0: What is one of the panels that you are going to sneak away from your booth to see?
2: Well, see, last year I abandoned my wife several times, and I was told (laughs) I was not doing that again. (laughs) 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 Because I would come back and she would just be overwhelmed. Because I had to go to the Hallstein panel, of course. Because that's the very first thing that I saw at Flexicon was your surprise, I think it was a surprise panel, right? Uh, 2017? when you, with the girls? Well, we did, we well, with the scenes, yes. That, that was yeah. a surprise to the audience, yes. yes. That's the very first thing that I ever saw about Plexicon. I didn't even know it existed until I saw that, found that on YouTube. So um, I'm definitely going to do the Hallstein. And I'm not really sure about the rest of them. I'm going to try to be on the floor and meet more people that are actually other vendors this year. Um, we're do some networking. Some, yeah,
0: great. Yeah.
2: We're bringing some help with us, so uh, we have two really good girlfriends that we've been friends with for over 20 years who are coming with us, and um, they're like, you need to go do business, so <laughs> go do that stuff. But uh, I haven't thought that much about the other panels yet, but I'm definitely going to come to to the state, of course. Well, where can listeners find you on social media? Social media, you can find me on Instagram, at Butch and Sissy, also on Twitter, at Butch and Sissy. And then I have a podcast myself. Called Is There Gay Stuff in It? Um, <laughs> you can listen to that on iTunes and Spotify. And also, if you go to my website, which is butchandsissy.co, I archive all of my podcasts on there. And you can start at the beginning and listen up, or just drop in on the most current one. I'll tell you that I've been doing it for about 20 episodes, and they're definitely better now than they were when I started because I taught myself how to podcast in a weekend. And um, just Lexicon spurred me to that. On the flight home, I was listening to some podcasts and I was like, I could do this. So <laughs> I got with some friends that taught myself how to record and edit and got my equipment and, and we were off and going. So um, I think that, you know, we talk about mostly queer movies, uh, pop culture, television and like current events. So maybe some folks would enjoy that.
0: Connie is a is a renaissance woman. A Jill of all <laughs> trades. Uh, Connie, thank you so much. And everybody stop by the butch and sissy booth. You will not regret it.
2: You will not regret it because we've got a couch in there too. So when your dogs are barking <laughs> for standing in those lines, you can take a, a minute or two and pop down on our uh, a couch. We've got a step and repeat wall for photos. We're, we're, uh, we're set up this year.
0: So my second guest for this particularly special unconventional is artist Diana Benitez. Thanks so much for being here, Diana. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So your bio says that you're a self-taught fan artist. What inspired you to start?
1: Uh, When me and my sister were uh, younger, uh, we used to watch a lot of TV shows and we would create characters in our heads and... One day I just decided to uh, draw one out and see what happened, and then it went on from there. And she ended up creating a lot of characters, and I ended up drawing them for her. So we were kind of like a tag team in that way. And yeah, I don't know how I found my way into fan art, but here I am.
0: <laughs> Did you by any chance start um, reading fan fiction? Because I notice a lot of your artwork is kind of, um, you know, alternate universe y.
1: Actually, I don't read fanfic. <sighs> I'm I'm not a big reader in general Uh, so yeah most of it is just kind of like my own thoughts Um, a lot of it has to do with music Uh, I have like very specific kind of music that I listen to for different characters and stuff so like if I'm like listening to a song like for instance Skater Hot came across because I was listening to uh, Are You Gonna Be My Girl and I was thinking about Way Hot and I was just like what if Nicole Hot was a skater kid when she was growing up. Who knows? Uh, so it's it's mostly music that kind of gives me those kind of ideas. So, well, some of my favorite
0: works of yours are are that kind of alternative universe uh, way hot artwork. Um, mm-hmm. I'm particularly fond of uh, Lumberjack Way Hot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, what inspires you so much about One Owner um and that c- coupling in particular? And and is it because you're from Canada?
1: <laughs> I mean uh, there's definitely a, a, a bias there. Oh, sorry, that's my dog. But also I just really like like Nicole's character design, I guess. She's just, I, I don't know, something about like her outfits, uh, cat, cat brows like her, her posture, the way she kind of executes the character. It's just very inspiring. Apparently
0: your dog has a lot to say about it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. You're going to be a vendor this year. What uh, special goodies are you planning to bring along?
1: Um, I have, uh, as usual, art prints. Um, also be bringing some original uh, drawings. Um, there's one that I did recently of uh, Carolina and Nico from Runaways. So I'll probably be selling that original sketch Um I'll also be bringing stickers, uh, uh, buttons, uh, I have two new pin designs that actually just came in today, so Woo! that's exciting. And I'll also have a Winona Herb coloring book, uh, that what? I put together, uh, recently. It's just a small coloring book, um, I'll probably expand on that idea for, uh, later conventions this year, but, uh yeah, I'm really excited about that one. So I love it. Is this your first
0: time vending at Clexicon or were you, did you vend last year as well?
1: I did last year. Um, I definitely brought less stuff (laughs) last year. I was less prepared. It was actually my very first convention, like artist alley experience was Clexicon 2018. Um, and then I went on to do ACON and, and all that stuff. And yeah, so I've it kind of uh, sparked a, a joy <laughs> in me for, for Artist Alley stuff. Well, so. I was going to
0: say, you must have you must have enjoyed yourself enough that you wanted to come back. Uh, what what was oh, yeah. it so much about vending a Clexicon and, and showing your wares there uh, that was so appealing to you?
1: Um, I mean, I think it was the people. Uh, there was a lot of, like, friendly faces, like people that I didn't really know, but that knew me. So it was, like, a really, like, crazy experience for myself um my sister as well she was my table buddy for the for the event and she was telling me afterwards that she was like people are so nice like I've never met such like welcoming people before and like yeah so it was, it was mostly just the atmosphere it's um I did a, a convention in my uh in my own city recently uh in September um and it was like a way different experience it's uh not as like warm, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, the Clexicon was definitely like a, like a special kind of experience.
0: <laughs> Before you go and walk uh, the pupper, where can our listeners find you on social media so they can check out your art?
1: Uh, they can find me um, uh, on Instagram and Twitter under uh, D Benitez 95, which is just first, Initial, last name, and the year I was born.
0: All right. Well, check out Diana's really cool stuff, especially that coloring book. I'm sure that those are going to get snapped up like that. That is gonna do it for this episode of Unconventional. You can find Klexicon on social media at Klexicon. You can also go to Klexicon.com. You can find me on social media. I'm Dana Pickley, that's two Cs1L. We are gonna see you all so, so very soon. So until then, this is Dana swearing fealty to you.
1: We something unconventional to know.